0: not be in heaven and we'll find out who as well as why and what we can do to make sure that we are in heaven with the Lord. Uh, Let's start out with the word of prayer. Sister Lakita, if you would offer prayer for us.
1: Most Honorable Father, in the blessed name of Jesus, we're so grateful for another Sabbath day. We thank you for your word and for giving us understanding, dear Lord. Dear Father, we ask if there's anything between us and you that will prevent us from understanding your word, please remove it right now, dear Lord. We ask that that you will open our hearts, our minds, our eyes to see and understand and to know you better. And dear Father, we ask that those who are out there listening and participating in their hearts and minds, that you would touch them and help them to understand as well. In the blessed name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. And this is an interesting topic because there are some people who think everybody's going to heaven. God is too good to not allow everybody, good or bad, uh, or indifferent to be in heaven. So some people think everybody that was ever born would be in heaven, but the prophet is telling us that there will be some who will not be there. And the Lord says, not everyone that calls me Lord, Lord, shall be in heaven. So we know that, that thinking that everybody's going to be there is not true. Uh, of course, when you think about the creation, Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, then I think everybody pretty, much kind of understands that Cain might be one of those who might not be there. And that's what the first paragraph starts out, mentioning that Cain will not be there. And it's very interesting because God spared his life and granted him opportunity for repentance. He deserved death, as does anyone who sins, but God in his mercy spared his life. And I thought this was interesting where it says, but Cain lived only to harden his heart to encourage rebellion against the divine authority, and to become the head of a line of bold, abandoned sinners, which I thought is easy because we had talked about when you pray for people, if someone is sick, uh, that you shouldn't necessarily pray that God would heal them regardless of what God's will is, but I want them to be healed, so heal them, because we don't know what they're going to do afterward. Just like Cain here, God gave him opportunity for repentance, but he just started being worse. Not only himself, but then he uh, says here, led on by Satan became a tempter to others. And his example and influence exerted demoralizing power on the earth until the earth became so corrupt and filled with violence that God destroyed it by a flood. So just by Cain not taking advantage of the opportunity for repentance that God gave him, the entire world at that time had to be destroyed by floods. Uh, what did you, you guys think about that?
1: Yeah, because you know what? Here's something that people say. is that like, um, it's some things and behaviors that I think people emulate and copycat. And it's it spreading, it, you know, like, um, well, let's say drug substance abuse. You know, a person's not satisfied with doing uh, methamphetamines himself. They have to lure somebody else to do it with them. And I think that that's basically how sin is. One person in your lot doing something, if you don't deal with it quickly and and, um, with, and without hesitation in the person, it seems reasonable to somebody else and then you have a whole bunch of mess going on.
0: Okay. Anybody else had a thought on that paragraph about Cain not being there? Cain, he's kind of a given that wouldn't be there, huh? <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Next paragraph somebody that's not going to be there, Lot's wife. Now, did y'all think Lot's wife wouldn't be there? Yeah, I
1: thought she wasn't
0: there. And I thought this is interesting where it says if Lot himself had not manifested hesitancy to obeying the angel's warning, but had earnestly fled toward the mountains without a word of pleading or remonstrance his wife also would have made her escape. So it's kind of saying Lot was a poor example to his wife and she ended up uh, losing her life. what y'all think of that? Well, that's
1: scary. And it seems kind of unfair that he would, you know, he gets to go to heaven and she doesn't.
2: And you know, that just shows you the power of our influence and we need to be very careful with uh, how we exert an influence. Are we are we exerting, I, I, I put it like this, are we gathering with the Lord or are we scattering by, by our influence?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Gathering and, or
0: scattering. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it seems like it was, uh, yeah, it says Lot's poor example. And we talked about this before, how spouses, we're supposed to be helping each other make it to heaven, but here Lot hesitated and gave his wife opportunity to hesitate as well, then loved farther down and says because the wealth it had taken uh, she felt she was being severely dealt with because the wealth it had taken years to accumulate was going to be destroyed and there will be people at the end of this uh, earth's time who are so wound up in their material goods that they won't want to follow the Lord. And there will even be people who say now, yeah, I love the Lord, you know, and I'm on Jesus' side, but when it comes down to fleeing to the wilderness, they're not going to do it because they're going to say, well, wait a minute, I worked too hard for all this big house and nice car, and I'm not going anywhere, or, you know, look at all this stuff I have at home. I got my, you know, my um, train, my mechanical miniature train collection I built up, and I got all these clothes I just bought on sale, and you know, people fall for any kind of thing like that. So we have to be careful. Don't be like Lot's wife and look back at all
3: those possessions that are going to be burned up. I still think about Lot being there too long. He just stayed too long in that in that place. And I realize it was flowing with milk and honey, but uh, there's so many evidences in that story that there was a lot of foolishness going on in Sodom and Gomorrah and he should have really removed his family away from there far before that, and he stayed too long. And when you stay too long, one of the texts that come to mind is by beholding you become changed. That doesn't mean he actually changed into what was going on around him, but there was some influences on him that his family was, was uh, affected by with, with being there so long. So then when you're there long, you get comfortable, uh, you like the surroundings, you start getting used to even the foolishness around. You might not really take part of it, but by, by staying there so long, you are kind of getting used to that. So then when the angels came and it was time to leave, he was like, wait a minute, um, I'm not sure I want to go right now. We got, like you said, we didn't build up too much, we've invested too much into this. I just put a new roof on my house and We just built a new garden in the back. And I mean, I mean, it's just we didn't we didn't The story doesn't go into all those things. But think about all the stuff that you have invested in and built up. Like you mentioned, now it's time to leave. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute. I don't I don't want to really want to go right now. Can we wait for another month? Or It's like, no, it's time to go now.
2: I think I think about this pandemic and I think about how we have been homebound for months. And what have we done during that time to get closer to the Lord? Have we even utilized that time to get closer to the Lord? Or are we so hungering for the world and the things of the world that we're just been edgy and itching to just get back out there and get out of, get out of the home and get back out there where we were before. And so we have to think about another scripture in the Bible that says, uh, and and I don't remember the, I don't remember the lead into it, but the angel says, let them alone. They're joined to their idols. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be careful that there is nothing that we put before God, nothing that we put before this voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to us. Because, you know, prophecy tells us that there will come a time when we will be told to flee the cities. Will we be like with Lot's wife where we don't want to go because we have put we have invested in all this stuff, you know, and I think about cell phones even. Are we so attached to cell phones that we can't put them down? And so we'll be tracked wherever we go because we, we can't leave our cell phones behind.
3: Wondering how we, they or
2: or, or, or or we have to turn them on like 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 um you know when they tell you to get down in your basement when there's a tornado coming through and you take your cell phone with you so you can watch the weather and you can watch the news and you can watch whatever else.
0: They probably they make have calls. A, They probably have an app where you can track the people chasing you.
2: Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> you know. <laughs>
0: So you got to yes. turn your
2: phone off so that they can't track you.
0: This is something to be said about the, the love of material goods. You know, it can cause, the Bible says, the love of money is the root of all evil. And by by it, many souls have been pierced asunder. So we don't want to be caught up in material goods. But it can also be other people. You know, I don't want to leave my my grandma and them, my mom and them. And, you know, this is a time, like LaKita always says during our classes, now is the time where you need to be crying and praying for your relatives. You can't wait until that point because it's too late. And uh, Andre is talking about Lot in Sodom, even the very verse where it said Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom is kind of like an omen like, no, Lot, don't do that. You know, you don't want to pitch your tent that way, go the other way. But he was already leaning right towards all that trouble and he lost a lot of his family except to uh, him and his daughters.
1: I want to, and then there's something too that uh, Andre just mentioned. He said he stayed too long. That reminds me of us in our everyday life being in a rut and staying in a position longer than we need to. And that at the end of that, when we're calling and crying out to God to get us out of that position, or what we really want to do is become more comfortable in the same position, you know, then he has to pull us out of that position <laughs> And in the process, we may lose something, you know, because we have been stayed too long in a place. And yes, you stay long enough, whatever foolish things they got going is going to be a part of you. You notice right after Lot went and got himself in a cave, his daughters got him drunk and they had sex with him. So there was some stuff going on already in this family that should not have been going on.
0: Yeah, they were already starting to act like the sodomites.
1: Well, it says that the, key, the girls, in a way, didn't know right from wrong, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In some kind of way, they, they didn't figure out how bad that was.
0: Well, it's uh, like Andre was saying, by beholding, we become changed. So they had seen so much evil, it became part of them. Uh, yesterday, <laughs> we were watching on uh, Judge Judy, I think. And this guy was uh, accused of beating his wife or girlfriend or somebody. I don't even know if she's related to him. But he was beating her up. And the people was just watching them nobody lifted a hand to help her and it was they was like this is normal you know it's just sad and
1: what was really sad about that was afterwards okay so one of the judges gave a um you know a stirring rebuke and she what she was talking about was domestic violence and she had said in in her the speech was how she doesn't understand how they think it's okay for some women meaning african-american women to be beat and to be mistreated. But in the end, they do a little interview with the people, and the woman was like, Well, I'll probably see him around, and it'll just be business as usual. We'll just, she has no clue of how wrong that situation was. And he was out there beating her and pummeling her in the middle of the street, it's humiliating. She figured we still friends. And in a the way, he did too. Yeah, you know? he
0: said, oh, We'll still be friends. Yeah. Sad. But again, if that's all you see, you think that's okay. Uh, another person that's not going to be in heaven.
2: Well, uh, let, me, let me make a quick comment because mm. it doesn't say that his daughters will not be there. Yeah, and so say. I think about the fact that, um, and I, I think I remember reading somewhere in the Spirit of prophecy that the girls, in their mind, they were preserving their father's bloodline because their mm. mother was gone. All their siblings were gone. And they thought that was the only way to preserve his bloodline and and apparently they had been taught that the preservation of the bloodline was important
0: yeah that was the prophets
1: but not only that too you know there's something and it talks about noah was a righteous man in his day too so there is the culture so i know it yeah. uh he said you were talking about a lot i know you but i was pointing out that in noah's case the lord is saying that, you know, God takes into account the culture and what we know. I, it, those girls didn't seem to know that this was absolutely wrong. That sin had been so, and it says it again in the New Testament that is, um, if, if it was possible, the very elect will be fooled. So that again, the situation gonna be so bad and sin so widespread, and we can see why it is, that people don't know right from wrong. They don't have a clue, a clear understanding of godly character and godly behavior.
0: It's sad. And that's not even limited to people outside the church. Because you talk to different people in the church, you're thinking, how in the world did they get that out of that scripture? You know, because everybody's got different thoughts and ideas on what, what it says, which is why we always need to pray and ask for God's direction and for God's spiritual explanation of His Word, not our own, because again that worldly part comes in and says, "Oh yeah, this is what that means." But you can't look at it like that. You have to open your spiritual eyes to see what God wants you to understand. Uh, one of the other ones, King Saul. Mm-hmm. Why not what happened to Saul? He was, he was pretty good there for a while as king. Mm-hmm.
2: He consulted the witch of Endor.
0: Yeah. What do y'all think about where it says Saul had an evil spirit?
2: I think that probably was some form of mental illness.
0: Yeah, it says he suffered from depression, which is why he would ask David to come play music for him, mm-hmm. you know, relax him and calm him down. But uh always... Have this question about when people say, "Oh, so and so got a demon, or or he's struggling, he got a demon." Do they really mean an evil spirit, or are they just saying this person has uh, has trouble with this particular sin? I think
1: they mean. I think they mean it's an evil spirit. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. Even depression, anxiety, that stuff is caused by Satan. God does not put that stuff on us. So how much of it we allow him to? To how much of it we allow to manifest in our lives is a whole different story you know but it's not caused by god none of this these negative things god does not put upon us depression anxiety and fear that's not from god you know so if we buy into all this the stuff that's being said in our brains from satan then we do we become and the more we accept that stuff as truth and as light, then that's going to become our life i think it says how much, how dark, how dark is the darkness therein? in? That's kind of part of the Bible verse. You know, the more we, the more we feed into it, that's why it's really important to watch what you're saying. You know, you can't say, well, you know, I just can't do it. Or, I just can't. No, 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 no. Cause that's wasting. You know, first of all, it's saying it's not possible. And with God, things all, uh, with God, things, uh, with God, all things are possible. So we're speaking against God and it's, it's exhibiting a lack of faith and trust in God. So I think all of it mm-hmm. is, you know, to some extent, to some extent, allowing ourselves to be controlled by Satan.
0: Mm. And mercy. Um, here's somebody, another one that we probably all figured wasn't going to make it, Judas. <laughs> How come nobody names their sons Judas anymore?
2: <laughs> Not a good name to have.
0: There's some names that just been thrown away Judas, Lucifer. <laughs> nobody kids mm-hmm. that. You know, I ruined that name Jezebel. It's crazy. God, and now this is very interesting this paragraph here about uh, Judas. Because it applies to all of us, it says, God has appointed means, if we'll use them diligently and prayerfully, that no vessel would be shipwrecked, but outride the tempest and storm and anchor in, in the haven of bliss at last. So, of course, she's talking about people and the trials and tribulations that come upon us, the sin that so easily beset us, that God makes a way out of no way. But if we don't use it, if we don't use the way that God has given us the uh, privileges and the opportunities to be saved, that it says he's not going to work a miracle to save anybody. I thought that was pretty interesting. I read before that God does not do miracles just because you want one. Right. You're saying God's not going to work a miracle to save any of us that keep neglecting and um, uh, trampling over his opportunities for salvation. That includes everybody god gives everybody opportunities to be saved and if we don't take advantage of them it's just gonna be too bad so that's another person not gonna make it any other thoughts on judas yeah all think judas knew what he was doing yeah he was here's another oh go ahead
1: karen
2: well i remember reading about the fact that he thought that once um Jesus was named that Jesus would force his hand and, and, and exhibit his power. Right. And when he didn't, that's when Judas went out and, and threw the money into the field and hung himself because he thought he, he was deceived and he thought, oh, I'm going to force Jesus, you know, because all the disciples thought that Jesus was going to really uh, exhibit his power on earth and and and, and, mm-hmm. and put a, put down the Romans and the Jews would rise to power and all of that. Even the disciples, the other disciples thought that. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Jesus had meticulously explained to them what was going to happen and that he was going to die and be crucified, he explained all that to them. But it was it was almost like that just went right over their heads. And mm-hmm. they still believed what they believed because of what they had been taught from their youth, that the Messiah would come and he would, he, he would set up an earthly kingdom.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so... That's what they were looking for. And Judas was. Judas had bought into that. But he thought, okay, well, they can't make it happen. I'll make it happen.
0: We had even read uh, that when Christ came back after his resurrection, after he had presented himself to his father, those 40 days were spent explaining that again to the disciples because they still didn't know what just happened. So yeah, Judas was under false concept but he made a big big mistake like a lot of people do. He tried to take it into his own hands.
1: Well, but also before that though, his, this wasn't an, an issue of just this particular time. Judas was, um, I'm going to say narrow-minded or strict. Remember, he was a chain holding on to the monies. And so anybody who wanted to do something for Jesus, you know, he would want, he would rebuke him or he had something to say about it. And I'm not for sure if he was actually stealing from the treasury. I would have to really go back and read it. Yes, he
2: was. He was stealing.
1: So the, the, for real, the real issue is not even about him turning over Christ. Not for real. That's a continuation of the nonsense that he was already perpetuating. You know, he was already in his heart. That's a character. He had a character problem going on. You know, I don't believe that God is going to, you're going to be excluded out of heaven for one incident but this is about his character too. And that, you know, maybe he did think he was, well, I'm sure he did thought he was gonna force God's hands, but also thinking too, that showing what you're gonna do now or whatever. And also that whole greed thing, he wasn't going to heaven, even if he hadn't exchanged Christ like he did, uh, betrayed Christ, You can't make it to heaven all this greed, you know, um, and stuff. So I think that it, it was more about character than just this one thing. And when we do something this bad, like like put out a contract on somebody or um, set somebody up to be killed, when we do something like that, it's a lot of little steps that you did before you got to that point where you actually do that.
0: Mm-hmm. And mercy. Uh, next person, of course, Herod, Herodias, Pilate and individuals directly involved in the crucifixion. So all these scenes of uh, Christ going to to the crucifixion and his death on there, that's all going to be replayed for all these people who were involved. And then it says that Satan and his angels and those people cannot turn away from that picture of what they did. And it says, Herod, who slew the innocent children of Bethlehem, that he might destroy the king of Israel, Herodias, upon whose guilty soul rests the blood of John the Baptist, the uh, weak, time-serving Pilate, the soldiers, the priests, the rulers, and the maddened throng who cried his blood beyond us and our children, all going to see that replayed in their minds, right? Mm-hmm. You think This remind gonna, me
1: go. of, um, we watched that movie Selma the other night, and uh, I wonder about Martin Luther King, because he didn't come the first time. But the second time he was there. And I wondered uh, about if when walking across this bridge, if that was a plan was to allow the newspaper people and everybody to see how vicious these people were who was attacking the civil rights um, folk. And so uh, when they saw that, and even the president told the governor, you know, look, if you want people to see you beating up these folk coming across there go ahead, you know, I don't have any part with that, you know, that's, you go ahead and do it. And so I I, I think about that scene of, it was playing on the television, it was playing all over everywhere, all over the world. And people came out, Caucasian people came out to march with them because they saw how vicious it was and how their beliefs were contributing to that viciousness and stuff. So I think that's kind of an interesting thing when we see how poor, poor behavior on film that's
0: what it is Mm. interesting let's see uh the next paragraph it says those who derided his claim to be the son of god are speechless the very men who with impious hands placed upon his form the purple robe upon his sacred brow the thorny crown and in his unresisting hand, the mimic scepter and bowed before him in blasphemous mockeries. All those people won't be there. The men who smote him and spit upon the Prince of Life now turn from his piercing gaze and seek to flee from the overpowering glory of his presence. And also those who drove the nails through his hands and feet. The soldier who pierced his side, all those people. It's going to be really sad to see themselves up there on on the screen acting foolishness. The priests, the rulers, uh, the people who mocked him saying he saved others himself, he cannot save. If he's the king of Israel, let him come down now and we'll believe him. Do you think those people would believe him?
3: No. Why
0: not? They said they would believe him.
3: I don't think so. Look at all the stuff that he did for all the years to, to to get them to believe him. He didn't believe him then, so why would one simple act, just because they said it, I don't believe that. I, I don't believe if he took himself down. There was all kinds of stuff that happened that that led them to believe, and he they didn't, so I don't think so. Okay.
2: What was your question, Lee?
0: Do you think those people would have really believed Jesus if he did come down from the
2: cross? Oh, yeah, I
0: agree with Andre. Mm -hmm. Um, then it also talks about the that jesus had gave him that uh, parable about the lord of the vineyard and how the people had killed abused his servants and killed his son and said the lord of the vineyard will destroy those wicked men Mm -hmm. in the sin and punishment of those unfaithful men the priests and elders see their own course in their own just doom but when he told them that parable, they didn't see anything. But now they see it. You know, now their eyes are open to the truth. Many times when we're trying to witness to people or you're trying to talk to people about the Lord, they just don't see the truth. They just don't get it. But then later on, maybe something happens to them in life, and then they see it. And it makes now they understand fully what, it, what was said. But it's going to be too late for those people. Uh, now, I thought this was interesting because most of the time we don't think about Nero when we're talking about Bible scriptures. But it says people, some more people who will not be in heaven, Nero and his mother, papal priest and pontiffs. Why, why, does, why is Nero mentioned
2: uh It says he was a monster of cruelty and vice, and he 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 whew, he had joy in uh um the people that he tortured and <coughs> he found satanic delight in it, and his mother is there because she's viewing the result of the child that she raised mm. so there was some demonic stuff going on with her too, apparently.
0: Yeah, Uh, I think we all remember the the Roman Colosseum where they would kill the Christians. You know, that Mm -hmm. Gladiator, that was kind of showing what they was up to. But on Gladiator, did you see that movie, Andre? No, I haven't seen that one. You never saw Gladiator (laughs) with Russell Crowe? Uh-uh. Well, he is a Roman Gladiator, but they show them gladiators you know trained fighters soldiers fighting each other but in truth these gladiators was killing innocent christians oh christians wow just didn't know how to fight they were just slaughtering these people wow and these roman folks was in the Colosseum like they down watching simone biles at the trials <laughs> watching these people die and get slaughtered and cut in
3: pieces and ate by tigers and stuff and lions. It's, it's amazing to me how right. um, what kind of mindset you have to have to see that as entertainment. I, I just don't understand that. To watch that happen. And to a certain extent, that's some of the stuff that we watch in these movies. And 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 you know, people getting killed, but but to pay money or to go sit in an arena and watch people run and people slaughtered them and, and just killed them, that's, that is just a whole nother, I just can't wrap my mind around why would I wanna do that?
0: Yes.
4: Yeah, and you know, I agree with Andre, I said, in the fact that even if I was back in those days, I wouldn't have been able to kill a little, a little, a, a spotless lamb, cause I couldn't stomach that much blood. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, until today, I don't like seeing a lot of blood, but these people, found it so entertaining to see you know people being killed in blood and stuff and it was just like a delight for them i don't under i I can't fantasize that in my mind
1: i think some of the people uh that was there i think they used that too to um terrify the people you know what i'm saying to to you know um keep people in line this is what's Mm going to happen to you
0: if you do it yeah, definitely a deterrent for becoming a Christian. And uh, we were watching this show. What's the name of that show we like where they talk about Adventist history? Lineage. You watch that, Karen and Andre? Patsy? called Lineage Journey, I think. Uh, I no, I've never that. seen it. Who's with it? Who's hosting it? Uh, Adam Random. It's on, on YouTube? No, it's on Hope Channel. Oh.
3: Oh, I can't get that channel. Karen, I wonder if that's part of what we were looking at with Alvin Kibble when he was talking about the history of the church. I wonder if that was...
0: No, this guy, he and his two of them, one of them basically runs the camera and he does the talking and they go all around the world showing where Christian um, martyrs were, Christian leaders were. It's really uh, very informative. So they were talking about... uh, some of these martyrs and stuff and how in Rome they were killing people left and right. and But it wasn't a deterrent. It ended up bringing more people into the church a lot of times. You know, with, mm-hmm. we read in the great controversy that the blood right. of martyrs Marty. right, right the gospel. So mm-hmm. this thing happened too in Rome. Uh, Lakita's right. They were using it as a deterrent. But people were still becoming Christians. And this mm-hmm. guy Adam Ramden, he was pointing out that you had to be a real Christian at knowing that you might be killed if you accept Christ. So you had to truly believe. It wasn't, oh, yeah, I believe for now and then I'll get out of it if I don't like it. No. No professed Christians, you mean? (laughs) Because your life is on the line. Mm -hmm. What'd you say, Karen? No professed Christians. No, you was true through and through Christian if you were joining the church at that point. because they was slaughtering people every week in there. And not only there, but around the world, it's kind of sad. Uh, another program they were talking about, the Waldens is uh, the Waldens, mm-hmm. but the Waldens, they was making them jump off the top of a cliff, mm-hmm. and, uh, recant from being Christian. And the people was jumping. They'd say, we'd rather die than recant of, of our love for Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's very interesting. Oof. Uh, we're on paragraph 110.2, 110.2, and it says there are papists, priests, and prelates who claim to be Christ's ambassadors, yet these same people who claim to be Christ's ambassadors were using the rack. Everybody know what the rack is?
2: Mm -hmm. They pull people apart.
0: Yeah, they tie your legs and arms and then just start stretching you. Uh, The dungeon, of course, keep you in a dungeon, chained up. And then also the stake where they burn you at the stake to control the conscience of his people. And there are proud pontiffs who exalted themselves above God, presumed to change the law of the Most High. They're pretended fathers of the church. So all these people are going to suffer because of their acts. You know, those people are not going to be there. Uh, it also says some of the people who not be there will be the wicked, of course, the wicked people of all generations who did not accept Christ. At the first resurrection, all come forth in, in immortal bloom. We spoke about that at Sabbath school. Uh, we want to come forth in the first resurrection to immortal bloom because the second resurrection is a resurrection of damnation. And it says the marks of the curse are still visible upon the people that come up the second resurrection, first resurrection, glorified bodies, immortality, second resurrection, people come up just as sick and vile looking as when they went down. And they also have the same character. Now I thought this was interesting on page 111.1, One, paragraph 111.1. One. says, those who lived before the flood came forth with their giant-like stature, more than twice as tall as men now living up on the earth and well proportioned and it says that generations after the flood were less in stature there was a continual decrease through successive generations down to the last people that lived on the earth uh you know because sometimes you'll watch these archaeology shows and these people say oh uh people were much smaller way back in the pre-flood days or something but that's not true they were much taller, like 15, 12, and 15 foot tall. And now the average man are, is five foot eight, and the average female is five foot six, because there has been a continued decrease through successive generations because of sin. Sounds kind of bad. This last people are dwarfed, feeble, and deformed. <laughs> That's something. Any thoughts on that, the people coming up in the second resurrection? I remember
2: reading uh, that um, there will be people who know the prophecies that come up in the second resurrection, and they know they're lost because they know that they chose not to conform their lives to the high and holy standard.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had mentioned during Sabbath school, I think you were on when I mentioned that, uh, that people say it'd be nothing worse than a Seventh-day Adventist who comes up in the second resurrection. Because like you just mentioned, you've known all these things. You've been taught more than most people about God's word and just chose not to, not to follow through. Uh, it says, with fiendish exultation, Satan points to the unnumbered millions who have been raised from the dead and declares as their leader, they're well able to overthrow the city and regain the throne in his kingdom. Just never one to give up. Never one to give up. Men of lofty stature, great intellect who yielded to the control of fallen angels, devoted all their skill and knowledge to exaltation of themselves, men whose wonderful works of art led the world to idolize their genius but whose cruelty and evil inventions defiling the earth, defacing the image of God, caused him to blot them from the face of his creation. You know, that's a lot of very intelligent people on the planet, but many people who are intelligent are using their talent and skill and ability for evil. It's just really sad. They could use it for good, but they're being led by Satan to do it for evil. Any other thoughts on that? The men of intellect and skill. Just because you're intelligent and smart, that don't mean anything. Unless you use it for Christ. It says, in death, these experience no change. it's talking about in their attitude as well as their physical being. We're on 111.3. They experience no change. The same attitude they had when they died with, they come right back up resuming their thoughts just where they ceased, actuated by the same desire to conquer that ruled them when they fell. That's something, isn't
3: it? It is, and God knows exactly. That's why a lot of times we ask about, you know, some people to go to jail, maybe jail will save them. Maybe they'll change their heart in jail. You don't know, but Christ knows. Christ knows whose hearts will change Christ knows if you punish them, whether they change or not. I've been looking at Derek Shelvin's face as he went through this trial. His face just seemed like it never changed yeah. his attitude. It just, okay. he just was blank. And I don't know what that is. I don't know the man. But if I just looked at his eyes, because you know it got the mask on. You just look at his eyes before the sentence, when the sentence is being read, after the sentence was being read. just His face just made just... Blank, and I'm like, Well, did he change? Does he feel any remorse? Or you know,
1: when they they said that he was guilty, he seemed surprised,
3: huh?
1: She seemed surprised, it seemed like he didn't. It's like, What? I can't. (laughs) He heard all he said through all that testimony, and he still thought some kind of way that he was right.
4: But I didn't you see surprised.
2: surprise. I, I saw, I just saw a blank stare. I didn't, I didn't notice the, any surprise.
1: Yeah,
4: he looks- And you know, I kind of thought back to the children of, of Israel, how they felt that because they were God's chosen, they didn't have to live by anything, but make everybody else live by it. And I thought he, that Chauvin had that same attitude. Well, this is the way I was trained. And if y'all don't like it, then so be it. So I think that's why he was so surprised when they said guilty. Because he's like, "Well, you know, I'm I'm above this. I have a badge, and I've been trained."
1: Yeah, but not yeah. And besides that, everybody else had been getting on by with it. But you didn't have the chief of police coming in saying, "We don't train people like that." He should have saw the handwriting on the wall. When he had Well, some- I
4: think that video. I think the video scared uh, surprised him too because. People had been like you said getting away with it, but there was no evidence it was she said he said, but now you see a video of people filming it as it is happening
1: mm-hmm. and he, you know I mean he was just he did it wasn't a big thing, Karen it wasn't like a big but there was a shift, and he was like what <laughs> he, was, he had been like stoned all the time, and then there was that little shift that oh my goodness, you know so I, and and Even in seeing the film, it's still like he didn't see how he was wrong. You know, that's how he's talking about in that. You know, people, I can only imagine what he had been doing before that. You know, the jokes he was saying, the stuff he was doing to people out there in the streets that never got reported and stuff. This was going to be a normal day, typical.
0: That's one of the changes of having cell, everybody having cell phones. Now you can't get away with stuff that used to be simple to get away with. I mean, everybody knows Black people have been getting killed left and right, and nothing's happened to these policemen. So hopefully this makes a change, even though right now, I think just yesterday the police beat somebody to death, innocent person. It's like they're just not getting the message. Now hopefully with Chauvin being convicted and going to prison, maybe something different or change but if people are being led like we're reading about by satan it ain't gonna make a difference to them because they'll all figure i'll get away with it
1: and that's a real- but you go ahead
2: Kim. uh but you know what i think because i think either andre or somebody asked me that question well do, do i think things will change i don't think so i think that these people are narcissistic i think that they are arrogant and i think that they think that what they do is right and they don't they, and, and so they don't really care about what other people think or what other people do they' it's going to continue to happen because they don't think that they're doing anything wrong.
0: right yeah, it's just really sad. They were talking about the um uh, which amendment was it? Mm, well, they were talking about Juneteenth and I thought this was pretty interesting how most the majority of people say Juneteenth is the last day of slavery finally getting through uh, the last slaves freed in Texas. But this guy pointed out, and I think y'all saw this too. uh, He was pointing out that Juneteenth wasn't the last day. And that all the way up to, I think 2013, Mississippi finally ratified the 13th Amendment. (laughs) So that that was the day that officially it was done away with in Mississippi so he was kind of saying, yeah, Juneteenth is fine, but we got to know the truth behind it. But I thought that was interesting.
1: Yeah, but see, that was there people in slavery all that time? Because I think that's what the deal is, is that people were enslaved in Texas for three years. They were actually out there doing cotton and doing the things and getting beat like slaves do. To have it on the books is one thing, but not exercise it.
3: To hey. be
1: absolutely exercising it. Three years later.
3: Well, and I thought what I heard, too, was that the slave owners wanted to get past a certain harvest before they actually told the slaves. They wanted some more work out of them. And once that was done, then we'll go ahead and tell them, well, somebody came down. The one man came down and informed them, we freed you guys a couple of years ago. So you've been freed. So, uh, uh, you know, that was that was what I read that um, they mm. were trying to keep them, you know, continuing to do the work until they were ready uh, to to set them or let them. I, be free. And they probably they they would probably, never been ready. right. They had probably right.
1: it for a few months, but it turned into three more years. You know, right, right. right. It. I, it would have been good for somebody going up there and just burn the house. Down. Listen, this is our pay. We're just going to take it all. This fine. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Now, we were looking at this documentary about Italy. They basically have slaves in Italy over there picking tomatoes and stuff. Did y'all see that documentary? Uh, Wow, now? Italy, yeah. The people was fighting against it because they basically treating them like slaves. They got them in shacks, living in shacks, no food, no water. They beat on them and stuff. They, 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 of course, they give them a couple dollars a month to say, no, this ain't slavery, we paying them. But it's slavery. I mean, when you get to hitting on people and threatening their lives if they don't get out there and do it, that's slavery.
3: Mm-hmm. What um, took so long for Juneteenth to to pop up? I mean, this that's been forever, and it seemed like these last couple of years we've been talking about I'm like to be an actual holiday because people. Well, the fact that I well, I had never been hearing about it; hadn't really been coming to the forefront. You know what I mean? To like. But in the last few years, you hear more and more about it. The thing is, uh,
1: now uh, uh, Barack Obama probably would have done it, but he didn't have nothing uh, if he had to like have executive orders for
3: everybody.
1: Right, right. So you know, Trump wasn't getting ready to. Oh vote. no,
3: yeah.
1: Uh, Biden went ahead and did that, so I was great. I'm grateful that he did.
0: It kind of came out at the last, but people have been celebrating it for years before, kind of like Kwanzaa. Remember, Kwanzaa used to be kind of some people would do it. Yeah. Now it's a bigger Yeah, thing. But it's been around for decades. Yeah. Just finally becoming popular, I guess. And now everybody's like, oh, day off work, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's a couple more people, then we'll end with this. Uh, that's not going to be there. And this is a big general thing. Those living a life of selfishness. Those living a life of selfishness, let none suppose... They can live a life of selfishness, and then, having served their own interests, enter into the joy of the Lord. In the joy of unselfish love, they could not participate. They wouldn't be fitted for heavenly courts. They wouldn't appreciate the pure atmosphere of love that pervades heaven. The voice of the angels and music of their harps would not satisfy them, and to their minds, the science of heaven would be an enigma or a puzzle.
4: But, you know, Elder Carol, I think in terms of what what they used to teach in school to, to, the, to the teenagers, you know, uh, you can be this, you can be that. They never taught them that when you get something, share. It was always you can do this and you can do this and you can drink. And I always thought, I said, when are they going to say, yes, look to God and thank him for what he's done for you. But you're supposed to share it. They never bring that up. They make those students feel like everything you get is you know, going to be yours. And, you know, like, I don't want to say exalting themselves, but in, in a sense, that's what they were teaching them. You know, it's all about you.
0: Yeah. It seemed like that was a popular slogan. It's all about me. Or, me something. I think they even had a song out <laughs> So um, we know that selfishness is the spirit of Satan. Generosity is the spirit of Christ. So uh, if you're a selfish person, it's because you don't have the love of God. And without that, you're not going to make it. So we have to all be very aware, you know, that what we need is our Savior. That's the only way any of us is going to make it. We all need the Savior. So we'll end there. Next time we'll pick up, it will be on the spiritually benumbed. That's paragraph 112.2. Okay. So um, we'll close out with a word of prayer at the end. Dear Father, we thank you for being with us. We thank you for blessing us with your word. We thank you for allowing your prophet to enlighten us, dear Lord. We thank you for your Holy Spirit guiding and directing us into all truth. And we ask and pray that you'll bless us, dear Lord, with your Holy Spirit, with the latter of rain, that we we will be fitted up for heaven and also bless us to be faithful ambassadors for Christ to tell others about your soon return. In your precious name, Lord Jesus, we thank you. Amen. 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 Amen.
3: Want to talk about what's happening next week? Uh, Karen?
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes. um, We will be studying from the book Testimonies for the Church, Volume 1, Chapter 85.
0: All righty.